welcome to the Simple Theologian Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And that was delayed. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of breaking uh, up. I'm I'm breaking up? Yeah. What do you mean by breaking up? You're just kind of fuzzy and uh, blurry and, you know. Weird, because that, that's actually you on my end, so... I don't know. I'm strange. I'm, I'm beautiful on my end, man. <laughs> uh, things nobody's ever said before. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, welcome. Uh, glad you're with us here this week. And uh, yeah, it is another live, uh, Facebook live of um, the Simple Theologian podcast. And uh the audio for this will go up later uh, this afternoon. So if you're not so much into the live thing, you listen to the audio. Uh, if you're, you know, into the video, you get to watch it here. Friday's live at one o'clock. Uh, we would totally encourage you to follow. Can't see my hand. Mike, you're going to have to do this. You have to point to the thing. Follow us on uh, Simple Theologian over there on Facebook, facebook.com slash Simple Theologian. Follow the page. You'll get all the information. You'll get all the info on the live events. Uh, in particular, uh, the two big live things, one in person, Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock. It's called Doubt on Tap. Uh, and really, it's just kind of simple theologian live. We get together. We talk about things that matter. And uh, then Friday afternoons here at 1 o'clock on the Facebook page, we go live and record the podcast. And, Tuesday, uh, night is, Tuesday night is simple theologian live, but only massively multiplayer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's so good. It is so, so good. Um, so this past Tuesday night uh, at Doubt on Tap, we talked about term limits, had a great conversation. And, uh, you know, uh, and then a few of us I'm, got together and watched the debate. So I'm really too. sorry. I missed uh, I missed Doubt on Tap this week. I, yeah. Hey, I'm just glad that you're was, feeling better, man. That's, that's yeah, really all oh, that matters, totally. honestly. So. Totally. Uh, it's, I gotta, it, it, you know, the, it's, it's tough now with, with the Rona being a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, the weather changes, my allergies shift and you don't know if like you got the dang thing, especially right. like, cause th that last week I had, I had a funeral and I had, uh, live, rec uh, recordings with a bunch of people, uh, for some video projects and and then uh two big events on the weekend it was it was very much uh if i was going to get it that was going to be the time that was going to be so. the time <laughs> well i man i'm glad you're feeling better uh me too you know so that's that's a big big win um huge even uh huge so. bigly <laughs> bigly it's a bigly win to have to have the rev feeling better so um yeah let's see uh what else is what else is important for you guys to know? Um, the, I, I guess really those are those are kind of the big things. So yeah, um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm still uh, still in the process of trying to figure out uh, the best way to contact uh, the tap room to see about uh, potential indoor, uh, physically distanced uh, doubt on tap gotcha. uh, in colder months, but uh, hey, no news yet. Maybe just a wander on in there and have yourself a beer and, and ask. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> or, 
or or what's, <laughs> not, what's what, not like it hasn't happened before. I, I know, right? And what's but you have a cocktail there that you like that you always get. That was yeah. it. Is it a is it a gin gin gimlet? Is that what you're always oh, rocking that's, there? That's a that's a Todd. I know that's, that's a Todd, Todd thing. thing I, but you're always drinking some sort of. I'll I'll get the Jim Gimlet or I'll get the uh, the Hellcat Maggie uh, neat, but yeah, yeah, all right, or a okay. beer. Yeah, I just you're always drinking out of that little like copper cup thing. Oh, the mule, the Moscow the mule. mule. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You're drinking the Moscow mules. That's that's what I knew there was some cocktail that you were all about. Yeah. So these yeah. these days I'm liking the vino. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. Are you uh? Just trying to be extra Jesus-y or what? Yes, very much so. <laughs> Outstanding. The, the, the more Jesus-y, the better. Yeah, right? Oh, man. That's too funny. Uh, well, uh, guys, we are uh, continuing our conversation on the church in the world and, uh, you know, kind of what's what responsibilities uh, the church has. How does it? How does it interact? How do how does the church, uh, you know, role in this society, and and what is it kind of uniquely and specifically called to? Um, and uh, so as we're as we're going, man, we'd love for you to ask questions uh, down in the comment section, uh, and we will, you know, we'll be sure to to answer those, respond to those uh, at the end, right? Um, because sometimes, you know, you get flowing and you start talking. And uh, so it's hard to just stop and try to respond to a question. So um, so probably what we'll do is respond to your question at the end. Um, so stick around. I uh, would, love, would love for you guys to drop some questions uh, in the comment section. Uh, you're watching it you know, on Facebook or on Periscope. And... Uh, and yeah, we'll we will respond to those at the end of the at the end of the conversation. So um, today, uh, what we what we're going to be talking about is uh, the prophetic role of the church in the world. Um, you know, so you have uh, you know the the fourth estate right in our in our culture or in our or in America is typically the journalists and. Uh-huh. Um, I think that you could rightly understand uh, the church as potentially the fifth estate, and uh, so so that's that's what we're going to spend some time except, talking about. Except I would really I would really not to I really not uh, like to to say it's it's the fifth it's the fifth of state. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think it has a role. I well, and even the press isn't like official, I guess. So that's all right. All right. Well, it's, it's not of state; it's a state. A state. Yes, I know. E s t a t e. Right. So it's yes. you know it, it has um, it has a role. It has a responsibility within the context of um, of our culture. And so now, whether or not the, uh, the secular world, the secular powers, secular authorities. Uh, accept that or want to respond to that. That's, that's a whole nother, it's a whole nother question. Um, but how does, how does we, you know, we as the church, uh, I think rightly see ourselves, um, uh, in a position of, uh, of really speaking, uh, truth into the world and, uh, and kind of playing that role of, of, of the fifth estate looking at, um, the three, 
three branches of government looking at journalism and and then challenging you know challenging all four of those various estates within uh within our country and uh Mm -hmm. you know calling calling them out as as need be um some some might talk about this or think about this uh as uh, with the phrase speaking truth to power um i have heard that before yeah yeah actually that was the thing that that you sent me you're like hey we didn't talk about speaking truth to power this week (laughs) so uh so um so mike when you say that right uh what what is going through your mind or what do you think about when you say uh the church church has a responsibility to speak truth to power um so so uh, humanity in general um has this tendency to become too big for its britches um whether you're talking about uh just people in general or you're talking about um governmental uh agencies or you're talking about the executive branch the judiciary branch uh or the uh uh congressional branch the the legislative branch um we all have this tendency uh to to think more more of ourselves than we ought to we all have this tendency to be corrupted by the power that we're given um you you see it in real life all the time you see it glaringly in the movies uh, and TV about the ability of power to corrupt. Mm-hmm. And part of the beauty of um, when when you look at the the initial setup, the aspirational dream that was America, that is America, um, originally having uh, the executive and the judicial and the legislative was all about making sure nobody Uh, got too big for their britches, that there was a check, there was a balance, there was compromise, there was all of these things going on to make sure that we were all uh, uh, taking care of each other, essentially, uh, without any of us getting getting too big uh, for that. And and where the church, I think, comes in um, as a a part of that, uh, you know, we have, we have the press uh, that, that tries to, to, is supposed to report what is happening so the people know what is happening because uh, the power is supposed to be with the people. Yeah. And you can't exercise that power if you don't have accurate knowledge or you can't exercise that power properly without having accurate knowledge. Um, so the uh, so the press is supposed to report what's going on. Um, the church in the world, whether it's in our uh, representative democracy, uh, or any other type of government where the church is, um, they are supposed to be a voice, uh, a, a moral voice, a voice that that helps people to to see when things are right or wrong. That helps people. That helps the 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 government as a whole uh, and the people as a whole to see when when they're when they're stepping off the path. Um, and and I don't even necessarily mean like everybody needs to be walking the the Christian path, um, but there is there is a definite moral path, a moral arc that 
goes across most major religions um, that most people can can kind of uh, fairly easily agree with. Um, and so when we see as, as the church, uh, when we see our government, when we see the press, uh, any of the branches of government uh, acting in a way that is is against that uh, that moral aspiration, um, it is something we need to speak to. Uh, it's 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 uh, in the, the it's the prophetic role like you have on on for today's topic. It is the prophetic role. The prophetic role, the prophet uh, in in the Old Testament was not. Um, about telling the future. Uh, the prophet in the Old Testament was about speaking truth, um, truth that people were blind to, uh, or, or in, in other words, uh, the being God's spokesperson. Um, and it's, and it's kind of, it's kind of that role for the church now too. We're supposed to, uh, I don't, I don't think we should ever look at, uh, uh we should ever be getting in, uh, into bed, so to speak, with uh, with the government uh, of any nation. As Christians, we need to to be able to stand outside of that um, and speak up when we see wrongdoing uh, and point that out. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know. I think what you said about about the role of the prophet in the Old Testament, I think, is really really important because I think as we as we begin to kind of wrestle through what what is our responsibility, how do we uh, handle, uh, you know, how, how do we engage power? Um, I, I think we are right to look back to uh, those prophets and see how did they how did they handle things. And, and so often, the prophets, you know, they were they were by and large outside of the power structures. They were, they were looking at the power structures Mm -hmm. um, from a, from a different perspective. And when they saw power structures um, move into that place of being abusive or uh, or really uh, using their power in a way that was, you know, uh, that was out of line with the call of God that was out of line uh, with, with the law. They stepped in and they challenged things, right? They, they spoke up and they, um, they really sought to hold the, the power structures accountable to, to what they were supposed to be, to the best of, of what they were supposed to be. Um, and and that that is that's something that that by and large uh, we are not seeing a lot of in in America today because by and large uh, the church, uh, regardless of what side of the of the political aisle uh, various denominations find themselves on, uh, they are oftentimes really looking to try to gain power and gain access to power and gain a seat at the table. Um, and, uh, and, and when we start, when we start going down that road, when we start trying to, 
trying to find access to power as opposed to being that prophetic voice that is challenging those in power, whoever those might be, uh, when, when they go astray, then, man, we are, we are really undercutting our responsibility and our role uh, to, to speaking to the state, right? Um, yeah, I think through, think about, uh, you know, my favorite, probably my favorite prophet king interaction was uh, Nathan and David. And because mm. um, Nathan's just so smooth about it, right? Um, You're talking uh, in response to uh, the Bathsheba scandal, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, David, so David abducts this woman, um, kills her husband. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the, it's not the best look for, for David, for sure. <laughs> no. um, it's, it's, it's wrong and it's, and it's heinously wrong. And, and so Nathan kind of rolls in and tells David this story about, um, you know, about two landowners, one who's rich, one who's poor, one who has a big flock, one who has only one sheep that he loves. And um, like a child, like a child, that's how much he loved this, this lamb. Right. And so the rich man has guests over and takes from the poor man. And uh, <laughs> Nathan's like, so uh, what do you do? And David's like, go kill the rich guy, go get him. Right. And, and Nathan's response is, you are that man. And David is just absolutely laid bare. Um, yeah. And I just, so, I, love, I love that so, story. Yeah. It's, it's second Samuel 12. If anyone's interested uh, in, in reading the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a great story. It's it. And it's and, and Jesus does some of the very same things. In fact, the, uh, the scripture we're, uh, we're on uh, the kingdom parable we're on this week is the wicked tenants. Um, and Jesus is trying to to get the uh, chief priests and elders to realize that they are the wicked tenants, um, uh, when in reality they uh, uh, they they are the uh, uh, they're casting themselves in the role of God when really they are the wicked tenants. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so it's uh, it's it is it is one of those things to to understand. Yeah, we we have to. Uh, as as the church be that voice uh, that that sets up the situation sometimes to say uh, here's this story here's what we're seeing um, in the Methodist uh, United Methodist Church um, our baptism part of our baptismal vows uh, you might have seen me wear the t-shirt once in a while it says uh, resist uh, we vow to resist evil injustice and oppression in whatever yeah. forms they present themselves. Um, and sometimes that form itself is in the church, yeah. Uh, and we have to resist. Um, but that's but that's also um, when we see evil, injustice, and oppression in the world. That's where we have to speak up. Um, when we see it in our government, when we see it in our churches, when we see it uh, in each other, that is where we speak up. That is where we become that prophetic voice. Uh, and again, uh, not prophecy like. Uh, here are the lottery numbers for next week, right? Uh, but prophecy like speaking the truth in, in uh, that, the given situation. And, and speaking the truth is, is that I think it's that important definition of rightly understanding 
the role of prophets. Um, because too often we think of prophecy in the terms of future telling. And as you go through and you, uh, you know, you read about the prophets, that is by and large, not what they are doing. Um, it was, it, it was this very specific office, uh, in Israel of, you know, people who had that role of, of you know, hearing from God and speaking the truth to the people of God. And so you look through the, you read through the prophets and, and they are, they are warning, they are challenging, they are uh, calling, calling the people of God to repentance. They are constantly, constantly hounding and troubling the kings of, of, of Judah and Israel <laughs> and saying, uh, bad idea here, guys. You yeah. Know? And, and they're, and they're pretty clear too. Like they'll, there will be warnings. There will be warnings, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, uh, exiles coming. You will be conquered. Um, yeah. But it's not. It's not. Uh, here's the here's the day, month, and year uh, of when this is going to happen. Um, it is. It is. Uh, it is more a, a realizing of uh, the path that you're on, and it it is it is a warning. It's not. It's it, it's yeah, not. It's 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 like they're, it's not they're future telling. telling. Yeah, they're future telling in a sense. Is, is it's it's kind of like how you know me as a parent, I'm able to to say to my child, "Okay, you keep doing that. This is the result, right? You're doing this yep. thing that you shouldn't be doing. So I'm telling you right now, if you don't stop, here is the result. You will." Go to your room. And, you will and, be grounded, and whatever the, it might be. And the rea the reality is, is you're not telling the future. Actually, what you're doing is you're telling the past. Yeah. Um, because because you've been down that road, or you've seen somebody down that road, uh, or you uh, you know your you, you just you know your history, yeah. right? You know that this is this is where that path leads. Yep. Um, and that's uh, that's that's the that's the the important piece, and that is. As far as um, the government, as far as Christians are concerned with government, yeah, that is what our role should be. The problem is, is um, about the time Constantine uh, legalized Christianity, uh, and then ends up uh, it being made the the religion of the Roman Empire. Um, the official religion of the Roman Empire. Um, at that point, um, Christianity got married to empire, got married to power. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're not that voice anymore. Uh, they are that power. They have that, and that power begins to corrupt. Uh, and almost immediately, <laughs> um, almost immediately begins to corrupt. Um, and and what we're seeing today, largely, uh, I believe, uh, especially in in the U.S., uh, with so many uh, Christian voices on both sides of the aisle, right, uh, trying to to lobby for their party, is that attempt to hang on to empire, yeah, to hang on to that power, uh, regardless of the fact that uh, the current president really uh, barely pays lip service to the faith, right. Uh, but can get certain sections of, of 
Christianity riled up and in, in in their in their corner. It's the well, same thing with 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 the uh, with the left side of the aisle too. Yeah, um, they can pay lip service to the faith and, and get certain segments of of Christianity riled up enough. Um, the 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 problem comes when we don't realize that that's what's happening. We're just getting sucked into that to that uh, l- lobbying for power yeah. on our own, as opposed to as opposed to speaking the truth, even when it hurts. Right. Um, and and being being that prophetic voice. Yeah. Well, and, and being the change. Yeah. Making I mean, the think, change ourselves. And, and you saw that dynamic. You see that dynamic playing out in. Uh, in the New Testament, right? You have these, um, you know, you kind of have these these various uh, sects within Judaism um, at the time. You had the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Zealots were kind of the, and then you had the Essenes that were kind of out here. Um, but those those were kind of the big three, right? And and they they kind of had their own way of dealing with empire. The Sadducees, by and large, um, said, "Hey, we can we can do a lot more if we're friends with empire. If we are, if we're kind of in bed with with the Romans, if we kind of go along to get along, uh, then we can we can kind of try to keep some of our identity. We can we can do a lot of what we want to do, um, and and we can we can have peace." Uh, then you had the Pharisees that you know they were they were pushing against th- the roman empire um but they were kind of doing that through uh, really trying to maintain their sense of identity their sense of of jewish identity in this in this you know rooted in the scriptures kind of way they weren't necessarily going out of their way to challenge roman authority but but they were, they were really ratcheting up their their sense of of identity. And then you had the zealots who were kind of the opposite of the Sadducees, right? Who were like, "Hey, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna throw Matov cocktails kind of thing at, at at the at the Romans. Let's let's go." Um, and they were ready to to overthrow the system. And we see that kind of same kind of dynamic. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times within the, the evangelical circles today, um, or just the Christian circles today in America, where you've got folks who are more than happy to cozy up to whoever's in power, um, so that they can so they can get a taste of that. Uh, you've got others that are like, "Hey, we're just gonna we're gonna ramp up our our Christian identity." Then you got others that are like, "Hey, we're gonna fight uh, whoever's in power." And, and and all three of those, I think, begin to fall short um, because the reality is is that is that we need we need Christians who are going to who are going to stand outside of the system and try to get some sort of of a different bitter perspective on what's happening so that we can challenge it in the places that it needs to be challenged so that we can extend compassion and empathy to those who need it um, but we can speak but we can speak loving truth across the board and in that that's where that's where so often you know 
I'm seeing in today's in today's world that we are just falling way, way, way short. Um, is is we we want to find? It's almost like we as the church want to try to find some group within the within the system, within the within the hierarchy to to identify ourselves to say this is our home. And the reality is, is our home isn't going to be found in that system. It's not going to be found in that hierarchy. It is, it is outside of it. And so regardless of, of the side of the spectrum, you know, a particular uh, person in power is on, we have something to say to them that, that should challenge them back towards loving your neighbor and loving your enemy. Um, and today's been such a great example Right, I, I can't tell you how many Christians I have seen that are celebrating, gleefully oh celebrating, um, you know, the fact that uh, the president and the first lady are, uh, you know, have tested positive for COVID. They're they're gleeful in their exuberance, and and it's sick. It's sick. It 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 and, is it is horribly sickening. Um. And you know, it, yeah, it it is it is absolutely breaking my heart to see uh, some of the folks that are yeah. that are celebrating that. Yeah, and, it, and um, it's and it's people who have been in a lot of and some of those folks are, are loud loud about love your neighbor, love your enemy. The problem is that loves they're they're only talking about those other people who are supposed to love them because those people see them as the enemy, and so they want those people to love them. They don't. They don't see how that needs to extend to the to the people that they have deemed as enemies. Um, yeah. I mean, sitting around sitting around the table at put on tab. I mean, a number of people that I have, you know, that are not just Christians but pastors who I who I've heard say just unbelievably hateful, evil things about someone who just voted for president Trump and it's and not it's me like not you, but okay. it's, just making but, sure. it's, but it's mind boggling, Run right? Running through the pastures at the table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's that mind boggling thing of, you know, you can't, you can't out of one side of your mouth yell and scream for people to love their enemy. But then when you've determined someone to be your enemy, that they, that they don't need to be loved. And, right. and, and when we've cozied up, when we when we begin to to find our identity um, in kind of in who we're against, uh, then we lose we lose our ability to have that prophetic that prophetic voice that is that is calling and challenging uh, people to to love well to to love their neighbor as themselves and to love their enemy. Um, yeah. So. so so I can I can understand people appreciating the irony. Yeah. Um, of of the president being on stage at the debate and making the big deal about oh, I wear a mask when I feel like it, but you can't turn on the TV without seeing Sleepy Joe Biden wearing a mask, and even two hundred feet away, who are the biggest mask you've ever seen? Well, <laughs> there's there's an irony there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but you is as Christians, it, it is one thing to confess in prayer that you have that feeling that you have that 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 self-righteous feeling of haha serves them right okay it's one thing to confess that 
to recognize that. That's a, that's a human emotion. That's, that's something that, that happens uh, out of, uh, out of some of the darker places within us. Right. Um, but to actively be celebrating, to pop the champagne, to, uh, to do the, the maniacal laughter kind of thing. That, that's ridiculous. That is not yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, it, when, when the crowds were, were shouting and celebrating at Jesus carrying the cross to his death, he prayed for their forgiveness. He prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yep. Um, and at very least, at very least, we should be able to pray that, right? Um, for the president and the first lady. Um, I, well, it is they—they are—they are not, they are not by, by a long shot not my favorite people in the world. Um, but I don't—I don't wish them ill, right? Um, I don't—I don't pray harm upon them. I don't pray harm upon anybody. Yeah. Um, and well, it, and. And, and the problem, yeah. And, well, and the problem is when, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, when you when you go down that route that that road, is it eliminates it eliminates you having the ability to truly be that that prophetic voice that that outside mm -hmm. voice that says, whoa, 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 we're not loving well here. Hey, there needs to be grace. There needs to be mercy. Um, and, and, and when, so when we start walking down that, that road, oh man, it gets, it, it, it eliminates so much of the ability for us to, uh, to truly speak, uh, to truly speak truth to power. Uh, yeah. Because at, at some point, you know, at some point, whatever side of the political spectrum you as a Christian are on, your team is going to be in power and you are going to have just as much a responsibility to challenge them as you do when the other team is in power. And, 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 and I just want to say, and I want to encourage, uh, it's, it, it's best if we, I think if we describe it as which side of the aisle you relate to and not are on. Yeah. Um, cause I don't, I, I don't think is as, as Christians, I don't think we should be taking sides. We should be realizing that it's all the same animal, yeah. uh, two wings, same bird. Right. Um, and so, and so our, our position shouldn't be, yeah, we may, we may, uh, agree more with policies and, and ideologies on this side. Uh, but dang, that bird can't fly with only one wing. Right. Um, we, we have to work together. We do. We do. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, so much of where we're at within the church itself is divisive. And so, you know, we, we so often don't even believe the best in one another. Um, and, and so I think part of, Part of the responsibility of, of being, of having that prophetic role in the world is, is making sure that 
the family of God, the people of God, that we that we all understand that you know there is there is a a union that is taken that, that is the reality of us, right? That we are part of the one body of Christ. That you know we're not just a bunch of um, severed hands and feet and you know disembodied heads floating yeah. around out there. Um, but we can't we can't even seem to figure out how to love each other. You know, John 15, Jesus says, my command is this, love each other. And we're, we're struggling to even, to even do that. And it's, and it's one of those things where, where you and I both as pastors, like we daydream, right? Like what would the world be like if we could just figure that piece out? Right. If the church could figure out how to love each other, what would that do? Yep. Um, and, and so, so like there, there are times of, of, of great heartbreak and great um, uh, hopelessness almost when we're dealing with the, uh, with situations like today with the, uh, some of the Christian res- uh, unchristian responses to, to the uh, president and first lady getting uh, COVID. But then there are times when we sit and we realize just how small a thing it would take uh, for us to, to truly work on and, and, and work on getting right. Yeah. To change the whole game, to change the whole, uh, the whole shape of the world. Yep. Um, It, it, it can happen. And, 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 and the beauty of it, and I think the hope uh, and why the hope endures is because we are always on the cusp of it. Yeah. Um, just waiting for that, <laughs> that glorious day when we, when we fall into it, you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I love the fact that, um, you know, if we're real honest with ourselves, our neighbor includes our enemy, right? <laughs> That's right. So, um, well, I, my, uh, one of my, one of my, uh, uh, clergy mentors uh he said uh, jesus only talked about two kinds of people neighbors and enemies and he told us to love them both that's right that's right Um, and that's that's as true as it gets right there yeah it is yeah it is so you know if you're if you're a follower of christ if you're if you're a christian um i really i i want you to really think hard about how you engaging in these political conversations, how you are engaging as you think about uh, your, your participation uh, in, in the world. Because, you know, we, as the body of Christ, we don't have a home. We don't have a home politically on the left or on the right. We, we, are, we are out here. Um, there is there is nobody that that fully perfectly reflects the values of Christ other than Christ himself um, and so so if you are finding yourself drawn into worshiping and, and identifying as an elephant or a donkey realize that neither of those are Christ and and really we should be on the outside kind of looking at 
with some significant suspicion at both um, because both are seeking to simply grab hold and maintain power. Whereas we, we as the church are, are our kingdom is not of this world. And so it is, it, you know, we're, we're to, we're to transcend that and challenge that and call, call those powers um, to something new, to something greater, to something uh, that, that really is, is more about grace, mercy, and love. And, uh, and so I think, I think that's, that's when we start thinking about the prophetic nature of the church in the world, I think that's where we, we got to live. So, amen. All right, guys, thanks for being with us. Uh, I'm not seeing any questions down in the chat. So, 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 uh, Coker, Coker got sucked into because I shared it out, uh, yeah. from Simple Theologian, and he got sucked into watching it on mine. Uh, so I do have a question from him if you want it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He says, you saw this question in another podcast, thought it was interesting. It speaks to what we're talking about. He says, do you think religious leaders uh, should also take an active role in speaking out about those on the other side when they're doing things they should, shouldn't be doing? Another example was Jacob Blake. The context was slightly different uh, as one was a black minister and specifically talking about churches and black communities and how they deal with things going on today. Okay, so um, so really the question is, do you think religious leaders should also take an active role in speaking out about those on the other side when they are doing things they shouldn't be doing? Abso-freaking-lutely. Well, yeah, and because I think, I mean, I, I guess I would I'd challenge the question of itself, right? Of um, For the church, I don't, I, don't know if there's, I don't know if there's another side, right? It's, it's like we, we, we have a responsibility regardless of where somebody's coming from. To right. to call people to to truth and uh, and love and grace and mercy, um, and and if the you know I guess if the, the question too comes down to you know how do you how do you handle or how do you deal with uh, with other religious leaders? I mean, I think I think there is there are ways in which we are responsible to engaging with people kind of within the church and how we, how we need to need to pursue that and not just have little mm -hmm. Twitter spats. Um, right. So, so there's, there's also this, this reality that like, all right, the country's a plane. We get on the plane. We need both wings to fly. Uh, but anybody who knows me knows uh, my seat is probably closer to the left wing of the plane. Right. Yep. Um, but that, that does not mean uh, if somebody from the left uh, side of the plane winds up flying the thing, um, that I'm just going to sit back and relax and not say anything when when they're messing up. Yep. Um, it is it is our uh, duty as the church to speak truth to whoever is in and, power. And arguably, I think I think our voice should be loudest when it's the the side that maybe we're sitting on right the side that that we are we resonate we with are, the side that we that, resonate with yeah. the most right that's that's when we should probably be the loudest um absolutely because it's in that moment when it becomes that much easier for us to get sucked into 
the into the vortex of power, right? Um, to kind of get drunk with it, to kind of be like, oh, well, my guy, my my guy's in power now. Let's roll. Um, mm -hmm. And and so when when the side that we resonate with is in power, that's I think that's when we have even greater responsibility uh, to speak up, to challenge. Yeah, um, yeah. And let me just be be clear. Um, regardless of who wins in November, I'm not shutting up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, it, I, I don't care. Kids in cages at the border, still wrong. Fix it. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Um, it, it needs to be dealt with. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm going to leave it at that. There I'm you go. That. There you go. All right. Um, guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for being with us this week. And uh, the audio version of this podcast uh, is gonna uh, bounce out to you shortly. Um, and uh, so uh, you can follow Mike on the Twitters at RevMikeUMC. If you uh, go to facebook.com slash RevMikeUMC, you can hook up with him there as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose. And uh, that is definitely the best way to, uh, to connect with me on social media. Uh, or uh, go ahead and subscribe to my website, whatever it is that I write, record. Um, everything that, that I'm creating uh, gets, gets kind of set there and dropped right into your inbox. So, uh, so flushed give it a there, if you will. Huh? Flushed, flushed there, flushed if you there, will. if you will. That's right. <laughs> Oh, hey, all right, can, I, guys. can I do it? Can I do? Hey, can I do a quick recommends? Can I do a quick yeah. simple theologian recommends? Uh, if you have not yet watched Cobra Kai on Netflix, watch it. What is it? I'm gonna tell you, Cobra Kai. Oh, Cobra Kai. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cobra yeah. Kai. Oh my gosh, so good. Uh, it so, is. So it good. is. It is the bulk of my 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 sermon this week. Is 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 Cobra Kai? So, uh, check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Excellent. All right, my friends. Until next time, I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are the Simple the Theologians. Simple theologians. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>